This week's episode of Big Red Ballers is brought to you by Big Red Fueling. Managed by sports dietitian Alyssa Harrington, Big Red Fueling is open five days a week from 2.30 to 4.45 at Bartels Hall, the home of Big Red Basketball, offering both in-season and out-of-season athletes snacks to fuel their performance and recovery. Staff provide valuable knowledge to inform athletes of optimal snack choices based on exercise and personal goals. Follow Big Red Fueling on Instagram at Big Red Fueling for infographics about all things sports nutrition, including college-friendly recipes, post- and pre-workout suggestions, supplement safety, and much more. Welcome to the second episode of Big Red Balls, brought to you by Big Red Sports Network. I'm Dana Pega with Sohini Singh. Big Red Balls is the official podcast of Cornell Basketball, covering both men's and women's teams alternating each week. New episodes will be released every Wednesday and break down recent games and preview the games ahead. Episodes will include exclusive interviews with Cornell Big Red players, coaches, and alumni, which you don't want to miss out on. Be sure to follow BRSN on social media at Cornell BRSN or on www.cornellbrsn.com. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Okay, so last night we saw Cornell at Boston College. Yeah, we did. And we had a starting lineup of Nazir Williams, Isaiah Gray, Sean Hansen, Greg Dolan, and Keller Boothby. What are your initial thoughts? I actually liked it. I think the team played really well, especially with that that five out there. Um, Especially, we'll talk about later during the game, but... They came a late game. Those five really fought together. They played really well. They had a pretty good ball movement, and they were able to find each other to get some open shots. I agree, but we also do need to talk about during the first half, they did have a slow offensive start. So we had two points in five minutes. Manon had two turnovers, and Nazir Williams did propel the offense pretty early, but more, more or less in the beginning, we were kind of slow. Yeah, that's very true. And I think overall, if that slow start did in the end, matter a lot because the game ended up being side by two points. So if we can execute a little better, a little quicker early on in the game, I think that should really help us. Agreed. I think next time if we come out of the gate fresh and ready to start, then, you know, that'll definitely make a difference later on. Agreed. But we do have to address the fact that even though we did have a slow offensive start, our defense did keep them alive. Very true. Because, again, like you said, we started off very slow. But overall for the game, Boston College only shot literally 1% than They shot 47%. From the field, and shot 23% from three. So we did a great job really off the line, making good contests. Overall, actually pretty good defensive job, and we and we rebounded pretty well, especially considering we're not the biggest team. Yeah, and I think mentioning the fact about us not being the biggest team, I think the lineup was a smart play on Coach Earl's part mm-hmm. because they used the method of having Hanson and Guy stretch the floor, Agreed. which is one of your favorite plays. I know you like to talk about that. that so I, for, for listeners who don't know what that means, could mm-hmm. you explain it? Yeah, stretching the floor just really implies the idea of having more players that can shoot. When we have players that can shoot the ball, it forces the defense to go guard them outside the perimeter, which opens up the lanes for a better penetration attack to the basket. So having Hanson and um, Guy on the court at the same time is really a smart move. And Boothby, Keller Boothby had a great game, shot three for eight from three, um, Nas Williams shot four for nine and three. Um, Greg Dolan shot three for four and three. So Arsenal was really keen to play. Yeah, definitely. Night. And also, like, just I would like to bring up, you know, in our last episode, we talked about how we're kind of an undersized mm-hmm. team. And I think that stretch the floor policy really does help because, you know, we bring defensive players out and exactly. the lanes open. So there's not there's not as many people there to bully us like, at the end of the day. Yeah, like you just said, um, especially being able to bring out shot blockers, rim protectors. That allows our guards to get to the rim, be able to make plays, yeah. get to the basket. That really does help. Yeah, for sure. And then moving on to tie up the end of the first half, we had Nazir Williams have hit his fourth three, and then we had Dolan hit a buzzer beater three, which kept it within two points. Yeah, Nas, he had a phenomenal game to- in total, but in the first half, he really 
helped us keep stay us keep us in that game. Yeah, and so we ended with a score of forty three to forty one down by two. And just to list off the stats for at the half, we had nine turnovers mm-hmm. and then a seven out of twenty three point. And we were out rebounded by nine, which again I was found interesting because um, back in our first episode we talked about how we have an issue with offensive rebounds. Yeah, we do. And yeah. we were just kept getting out rebounded in the first half. Exactly, we were just like you said. Um, and that rebound and gave them some extra possession. And for a team like Dean Shoot Wolf three, where they were able to capitalize on was rebounds. Um, TJ Baker's staff from Boston College had 10 rebounds. On um, pitch, um, LGB had nine rebounds. They were able to really take advantage of that and get some other opportunities. Yeah, and even though that was an issue, I think in the second half, we definitely came out of the gate like blazing. Like we were ready to play. Agreed. Um, it's the same opening starters. But we did have more turnovers in the second half, mm-hmm. um, which I think came to bite us in the butt towards the end. But um, Dolan had clutch threes. He had another clutch three in the second half towards the beginning. And um, Dol- Dolan did give us the lead at 11.25 with another clutch three. So. Yeah. And he's only really important to know, as he says, some, we had some big shots. We may not seem important because, you know, it was a buzzer beater, but – Hitting those shots, the difference between being down six, being down three, really matters. Those shots that keep us in the game can equalize and start to negate when they, when other team might go on a run. Yeah. And when you talk about the turnovers, one of the things I think we should definitely take account for was that the team did, um, Boston College did press us through the game. They definitely did. And I think that was impressive as a whole, but also I think we responded really well exactly. in the second half by playing more physically. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Nas had an and one. We started like drawing fouls. We kept playing. And you and I were watching the game and we were like, dang, that's another hit. That's another hit. Yeah, exactly. over and over. They, they did a really good job. Like you mentioned, being physical. Um, there were multiple times Boston College in the second half was trying to get to the basket. And whether it be Ragland or even um, Nas, they would contest the rim, but you, they use verticality. Which verticality means your hands are straight up and you just jump up and down. down. So you're not going forward or going back. You're just going up and down and let the defender come to you. So that verticality lane, taking the contact, really helped because um, Boston College missed those shots and were able to get down on the other end. Yeah. And also, speaking of that and one, it was not just the and one. It was the and one in a mean mug. We're gonna start counting this year. We have to start with the mean like mug. We'll, we'll have a mean mug meter. That's mm, what we'll exactly. Call it. That was a good one. Because he hit that and one and just mean the crowd too. Crowd. Respect it. So yeah, that was a great play. And yeah, like he's mentioning, we really fought pretty well throughout the second half. Yeah, and we ended up we ended up at three minutes and forty six seconds with this being down by two. So it was a very back and forth. You get one, I get one. You get one, Agreed. I get one. Um, and then Dolan makes a clutch last second jump shot. Yeah. His shooting this game was phenomenal. Yeah. He, like, like I mentioned before, he really stepped up. He shot five or seven from the game in total, three for four from three, had 13 points. And he did a really good job as a guard being able to get in our actions or our offense early and also rebound. He had some rebounds from the game for a guard. It was very impressive. Yeah. So he had all, all around really, really good out. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, just those shots that he pulled off kind of kept us in the game running. And also, finally, like we had court, like we had possession with last 55 seconds and a missed three. But then we had that really important out of bounds call. Mm-hmm. So with 40 seconds left, we were able to tie the game with a spot of three from the sideline, which yeah. I think is really crazy. I, it's, I think as somebody who's watched women's basketball for all my life, I'm used to seeing the three game in women's basketball, mm-hmm. but seeing it kind of get implemented in men's basketball is really exciting to me, especially on a team like this. I gotta say, Max Watson hit a shot. No, came, came off, caught, pumped fake to the dribble shot, contested three. Yeah, 
and all net, no rim. I, phenomenal shot. He he really that's that's really a lot of takes. Sometimes just yeah. have a guy hit a big type shot. And I I will be so for real with you. When that shot was hit, I was like, we got in the pack. Yeah. And then the, the last play is yeah. just a season something that happens for us. Um, for our listeners that didn't watch the game, um, Cornell lost off a would-be game-winning layup from Prince Alec. And so awesome. he had a great game. Um, no. Prince, he, he great game. Um, had 16 points. But actually, we'll talk about this a bit later. He did thrive inside. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit later. But that last play um, was really a result. Honestly, a team that made the right decision. Um, Boston Clockwork were better shooters, come down baseline. Pump fake the ball for the shot. We reacted, read it well, uh, jumped and tried to test the shot. Uh, he made a nice read to Prince and he laid the ball. And so, you know what? Sometimes these things happen in sports, happens all the time. You can play as well as you can, as well as you can do, fight as hard as Cornell did, and sometimes just come up a slightly short. But we can take what, the good things, the positive we have for this yeah. game, and move forward with it. Because you look at the team stats of the game, it's almost not up at every mark. And it's crazy. And also, Boston College is the Good very, very good team. This team, I mean, Cornell was able to, we shot almost the same percent of the field. We shot better from three, had almost made rebounds, same amount of um, defensive rebounds, same amount of assists, almost same amount of steals. Yeah. We, we even had same almost the same amount of blocks. It was almost a really, really, really close game in every regard that those little plays did end up deciding. Yeah, and I think we should mention for the listeners, for an Ivy team to play against a team in the ACC and do this well, Especially on a first game with like, you know, first game jitters and you know, oh, yeah. rustiness is really big deal. Yeah. And I think going back to what we talked about with the turnovers, free throws, if we, you know, kind of remedy that, we have a set foundation. Agree. I think we can talk about some stuff um we can do a bit better. Uh, we mentioned before some of the turnovers. Yeah. Um interior wise, as you mentioned, Prince, he had a great game um, against us. And one of the things he got a lot of his bats off dunks, just um yeah. At the rim, it's but one thing. On. One thing I would admit, though, is like our three game unmatched. And on that note, speaking of threes, um, our our next segment we have an interview with Greg Dolan. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the people that we talked about who knocked down so many threes. Um, and this is our first interview on the Big Red Ballers podcast. So, yeah, should be a good one. Yeah. So hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing? How's the bus ride last night? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it was certainly a, a long bus ride home, but uh, glad to be back on campus and uh, you know continue to get after stuff here. Gotcha, gotcha. Look, obviously, first game of the year, very close game last night. Um, and so we both watched you guys, and we thought you guys fought to the nail the whole game. And so I would say that what was it like getting on the court uh, just to start this year? Yeah, it was uh, it was certainly fun. I mean, getting on the court for the first time uh, with the guys. We had a couple of scrimmages leading up to this, but um, the atmosphere was great. You know, at BC, and uh, you know, it was fun. But uh, you know, certainly a lot to learn from, and and kind of moving forward as, um, you know, I thought it was a great game, but but certainly, you know, we wish it kind of ended a little differently. Of course, of course. Of course. So then going off of that, what was your thought process throughout the game? And also, like, what from last night do you think you'll take with you for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'd say, um, I mean, it was certainly an exciting game. Um, you know, we started out a bit slow, um, you know, missed some shots that we usually make. And, uh, you know, they capitalize off that, of course. They're, they're a good team in the ACC, so they're going to do that. 
Um, but once we kind of got into the groove and, uh, you know, after halftime settled in, um, you know, I feel like other guys, including myself kind of got comfortable and, um, you know, we, we were up on them, you know, late. And then, um, you know, of course the last few minutes, uh, struggled a little bit with some, some mistakes. So I'd say really just learning from that, just how to close a game, um, is going to be really important, especially other non-conference games, but, um, you know, especially for the Ivy League play as as a lot of games come down to just a couple of possessions. All right, gotcha. That's totally valid. So then in your opinion, I know you noted that the team started off kind of slow and had a hard time closing out, but um, what do you think they did well overall? Yeah, I thought they, um, you know, kind of initially thinking about it, they, they pressured us pretty well, um, you know, kind of into our offense. Um, they put a little bit more heat on us than I think we expected. Um, so, you know, we had, I think we ended with like 24 turnovers, um, which is something that's certainly too high for us. And it's really difficult to win a basketball game with that. So, um, I think kind of moving forward, they, they played well defensively at times and, and kind of took us out of our offense and spurts, um, you know, which certainly hurt us on that end. Um, and then including kind of, um, you know, they, they gathered a lot of offensive rebounds and, uh, really a lot of key baskets inside that, um, you know, were difficult for us too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I want to touch on last year real quickly. You guys made the playoffs and you obviously hope to get back there. And question I had was what do you guys hope to take from last year and um, that can help push you guys further this year? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say kind of, as I was speaking about Boston college yesterday too, just, um, you know, kind of those, those last seven to eight minutes of a game, um, I think is going to be really important for us this year. Um, we experienced it yesterday again, um, as we did, you know, sometimes last season as well in the Ivy league tournament and, um, really just kind of locking down and, and realizing at that point, you know, the game completely changes and, um, you know, those, those last four to five minutes, um, you know, really need to be cleaned up for us in terms of if we want to win a basketball game. Um, and I think we're close to that point, obviously, as we play, you know, 35 minutes, but then those last, those last five really count. So I think that's going to be something that we want to keep working on and just, and figuring out how to win games, you know, in tight scenarios like that. Gotcha. Okay. So then elaborating on David's last question. Um, so you were captain last year and you're captain again this year. So how has your role on the team kind of changed over the last few years, few years and how do you think you've grown up as a captain? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's certainly a lot different, obviously, than coming in as a freshman, you know, as a, as a sophomore with, you know, kind of COVID and, and the season being canceled. Um, that was certainly a bit different for all of us and not playing. Um, so I think in a way it kind of had us older guys kind of step up a little bit more um, and just kind of take on a leadership role a bit earlier than maybe expected. Um, so I've really just kind of tried to embrace that um, with some of the younger guys and, and really bringing them along as, you know, I think it's especially the way we play now, you know, a lot of guys are contributing and, um, you know, so for me just continuing to, you know, help other guys out and, and kind of be a leader, you know, on and off the court. Gotcha. Um, Coach Earl took over in 2016. I mean, he was pretty new to the system um, when you got here. How's it been like on um, playing with the coach your time here at Cornell? Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, freshman year, we played, we played pretty different than the way we play now. 
Um, you know, we played a lot slower and, and kind of more structured offensively. Um, and I think, you know, as a senior now, and, and especially last year too, we've been able to play pretty fast and, and get up and down the court. And, um, you know, I think for any player, that's, that's a really fun thing to do and, and be able to get some freedom on the court, um, you know, with trust from cultural. So that's something that, that I've, you know, cherished and, you know, really appreciate. And I think, um, you know, can certainly help the team, you know, with everybody kind of chipping in and kind of buying into that system and offense that we're playing in now. Gotcha. A follow-up follow to that would be, um, how has Coach helped you personally in your game from time when you were a to now? Yeah, I'd say I'd say last year was kind of a big piece of that. Obviously, during during COVID, we didn't play at all. Um, so we were in the gym a lot here on campus still um, and just worked on my game individually and then, um, you know, others as well. But, you know, I'd say for me, my my jump shot's been something that he's really helped me with. Um, you know, last year I was out a few games and hurt and uh, he kind of just stepped in and, um, you know, took some time with me to kind of go through that. Um, and that's something that I've really been working on, you know, the past year or two, you know, and changing that shot. Um, and hopefully it'll start paying dividends a little bit. Um, but little things like that, you know, kind of make a big difference in the long run. It definitely showed in your game last night. Those were really solid threes. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. No problem. Um, so moving on, given that you have more experience with the system and team culture, how has it been taking a leadership role on the team? And also, how do you balance the fun aspect of basketball with the serious mentality of going into games with, like, the winning mindset? Yeah, coming to that last question you just touched on, um, I mean, I think I think as a group, we, we all really enjoy being around each other. Um, you know, a lot of great guys on the team and and love getting together and kind of, you know, being pretty tight knit, you know, with how long the season is and, and guys living together. Um, so that's something that's, that's always, you know, nice to have within a team. Um, but certainly on the court, like we, you know, we have goals and, and kind of things we want to continue to, you know, work towards um, in winning games. And um, so it's certainly a balance, but I think, you know, games like yesterday and, and, uh, you know, certainly more that we'll have during the season um, is stuff that we, we want to work on and, and win games because um, we put a lot, a lot into it, um, obviously, during practice and preseason. Um, so when those moments kind of come in the season, those are very important for us to capitalize on. Cool. Um, for a second, let's pause on right now. Let's take you a little back, back in time, back to the beginning where it all started. So curious question, um, what got you into basketball in the first place? I'd say uh, my family was, you know, my mom and dad played, um, and I have three other siblings who have, you know, are playing or have played basketball in the past. So kind of for that, I just always grew up around it um, and kind of sports in general. Um, and I just always gravitated towards basketball, um, you know, from a young kid and, and playing with my older brother. Um, on a lot of travel teams. So I'd say that's what really sparked my interest in the game. Gotcha. And coming from playing, just getting interested in playing the game, what would then help you make the transition to the side? Okay, I don't want to just play this in high school. I also want to play this at next level in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say, you know, kind of as I went through high school, um, you know, I realized I wanted to just continue playing and, and realized, you know, how much fun I was having and, 
kind of the opportunities it would open for me. Um, you know, so at that point I, I went through high school and then decided to do an extra year, um, at a prep school in Massachusetts, um, which was a really great experience for me as it really pushed me academically and athletically, you know, on the basketball court. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily was able to get here to Cornell, you know, and, and same thing. So kind of just little steps that I've taken, you know, throughout the years that have led me here. Um, you know, and I really appreciate that as, as I've really, you know, enjoyed Cornell as a, as a spot for my college career. All right. That makes sense. So then speaking of those steps that you mentioned going from high school to your college career, um, athletically, um, what was the recruiting process like, and how would you describe it for our listeners with little to no context about college basketball? Yeah, I'd say it's, um, it's certainly something that's, that's pretty difficult to navigate at times. Um, you know, everyone in high school who's, who's trying to play in college, there are so many different levels and even in division one, so many different levels that you can kind of go to. Um, but I'd say the whole recruiting process in general is something that, um, you know, is hard at times. A lot of it relies on, you know, who you're playing for in, in AAU and other like travel basketball teams. And then certainly like where you're going to in high school and prep school. So it's a lot of little things that add up. And I was fortunate where I kind of realized really early that I'd like to kind of, you know, go to a great school for basketball, but at the same time, really pursue my academics and kind of interests outside of the court as well. And the Ivy League in Cornell, I think, is, is a perfect opportunity for that. No, and, and to stay out recruiting for a little bit more, we know you were recruited by a couple of other Ivy schools, some schools up here, Columbia, Brown, Yale. Um, why was Cornell the final choice? Um, I just felt like, you know, it was kind of close to home for me, which was something that I really enjoyed. And then furthermore, just kind of the academics part of that, you know, within the business school here was something I really saw myself fitting in with. Um and then, and then lastly, just kind of, you know, the coaches and the campus as a whole, you know, I knew I talked to some guys who were here and who I played with as a freshman and they really had a lot of great things to say about it. Um, and then when I finally got here, I kind of just realized, you know, kind of the culmination of, of campus and academics and, you know, athletics here was something pretty special. So it's kind of been fun coming in and, and kind of being able to, uh, you know, join a group of guys and kind of try to make an impact here, you know, at Cornell. Gotcha. All right. So you mentioned academics and athletics at Cornell. So when you got here, was it a difficult adjustment, like balancing the athletic life and the academic life here? And what advice would you give freshman athletes about treading that fine line? Yeah, uh, definitely at times there's, you know, days and, and weeks where the work, uh, you know, loads up a little bit. Um, but you know, for me, I think that prep school year really helped where um, I was kind of away from home and kind of going to college in a sense without being there. Um, so I think that really helped me in, in kind of transitioning a bit. But for but for current, you know, freshmen or, or people who will be coming in, um, I'd say really just time management's a big thing and, and kind of just keeping track of, you know, when you're going to be practicing, when you have games, when you're going to be traveling um, and kind of planning accordingly you know, it's tough if you're, you know, a day or two before you have something to finally start thinking about it. So kind of thinking ahead and just kind of laying things out has really helped me here as, you know, just kind of embracing, you know, the time and, uh, you know, making things work, you know, with school and basketball. 
I gotcha. Thanks, man. Um, you mentioned earlier about your family being one of the big factors that led you to playing sports in general. But one thing I was we were wondering here um, was with any mentors, role models when you were growing up that kind of shaped the way you played, how you developed your game, your play style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say definitely my high school coach who I had um, in Buffalo, New York. He was a, a great mentor to me, kind of, and and was a former college coach. Um, so he kind of brought some of that into you know, my high school and my team there, which was, um, you know, very helpful. And then, um, you know, an AU coach of mine who, uh, you know, really gave me lots of opportunities, um, during high school as well. Um, and just really kind of took care of me and a lot of other guys who, uh, you know, were trying to make it to college. Um, and then lastly, you know, my, my prep school coach, um, at MH um, just really prepared me, for Cornell and, and college in general. Um, and, you know, kind of pushed me pretty hard, you know, during that one year I had. Um, so I really appreciate that, that time there at NMH. And, and I know a lot of others have as well who have gone through there. Cool. And when you were underclassmen here at the note, um, with eight um, upperclassmen, junior seniors, when you were here and you looked up to, or you admired? Yeah, there's there so many. I mean, Josh Warren uh, was a was a senior when I was a freshman here. Um, Jimmy Bayheim, Terrence McBride, Riley Bryan, Brian Knapp. So a lot of them come to mind. But, you know, I think it kind of just speaks to what I was saying about how how close everyone here is on the team, which is so important. Um, and I think it's pretty unique sometimes, um, you know, with how close we are and and I remember as a freshman and sophomore, those guys were always giving me tips and advice on, on classes and academically and athletically. And that always helped a lot. So kind of in that position now, I'm trying to do the same for some of the younger guys as well, kind of pass it on. That's really sweet. And I also like um, kind of going off of what you said about passing it on um, in regards to you graduating soon, what are your professional plans after Cornell and how has the hotel school prepared you for your postgraduate plans? Yeah, I'm not too totally sure what I'll be doing um, after graduation from Cornell. I think with the, with the extra COVID year of eligibility, I would love to play my fifth year somewhere, you know, graduate and be a grad transfer. Um, but obviously, um, you know, who knows what will come with that. I'm kind of open to anything. And, um, you know, professionally, I think, you know, the hotel school has just been a really cool experience that I think is, is pretty unique in, in the Ivy league in general, just with, uh, you know, the, the business kind of education we get and, and how dedicated the alumni are in the hotel school to kind of helping us and always so many events and things going on. So, I've certainly cherished that experience in the class I'm taking in there. And then, you know, still trying to figure out what's for the future, but, um, you know, certainly provides a great backbone for me, um, you know, with basketball and professionally that I'd like to pursue. That's awesome, man. Uh, thank you for answering our questions here. Um, now I think we can transition to what we call overtime. Some fun questions for you. Just just let the whole world, the whole Cornell campus can know a little more about Greg Dolan. How's that sound? Sounds great. Ready That's for it. You take away? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So um, outside of basketball, what's your favorite sport? And do you watch it professionally? Yeah, I'd have to say probably football. Okay. Um, I'm from Buffalo, so Bill's Mafia all the way. Um, but, yeah, that's that's who I'm rooting for right now. 
Gotcha. Can't stand you being arrested, Jets fan. But um, good guy. Got another question for you. What's your favorite pregame meal if you have one? Um, favorite pregame meal. I'd probably say like like salmon. Salmon. Um, yeah. Some sort of fish. I would I would like. We we usually have a lot of uh, you know, kind of chicken and pasta here. So I'm fine with that too. But uh, yeah, salmon. I'd say it's pretty good to me. That's crazy. Does that not upset your stomach when you go run? Or is that like... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't often have it here because we're always kind of having similar team meals here, but um, it, it never really bothers me usually in the past. Nice. Okay, so then other question. Um, what song, or if you don't have like a favorite song, artist or genre gets you in the zone before games? Like, do you have a go-to playlist or cue? I'd say... I don't know. I, I like alternative. I kind of like a lot of different genres. Um, obviously before a game, I like Travis Scott, Drake's new album um, has been pretty good, but um, kind of as a team, we're always just kind of blaring music in the locker room. So kind of feed off that together. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, question. Are you a big celebration guy? You pay like a clutch shot? Um. I wouldn't say so, but I mean, uh, certainly sometimes, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you had to then, what would be your go-to celebration for that moment? Um, if it was a three at some sorts, I think it's just kind of a simple, you know, simple uh, three, three ball up um, yeah. or to the side. Now, I'm not really usually like throwing the slingshot or anything or, um, you know, point at somebody, but um, I'd say it's simple, but. That's what I usually tend to tend to do, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Thank That's you. That's valid. All right. So then how do you spend your free time off the court? And do you have any hobbies outside of basketball? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly here I, I enjoy kind of just being outside, um, going to some of the gorges. You know, I know in the fall, some of the guys in us would, uh, you know, go go on a couple trails or hikes, which has been pretty cool. Um and, and back home, I, I mean, I love playing other sports. You know, I enjoy golfing and um, played a lot of sports in the past. Um, but, uh, yeah, other hobbies, I don't know. Uh, I do enjoy playing chess. Um, mm. So hopefully some of the other guys will take to that and <laughs> can have some fun playing them. But, yeah. What are your thoughts on the chess drama right now with the cheating and stuff? Have you seen I, I haven't I've, – I've heard about it. I mean uh, – Carlson seems to think it's something, something interesting. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty surprised by it all, honestly. I don't know how you can how you can cheat in chess yeah. like that, but somehow it was figured out. So, uh, uh, great, great answer. Um, question: What was your favorite memory um, playing here at Cornell? It's tough to say. Um, I mean, we had a game here um, freshman year when we played uh, Princeton. Um, that kind of sticks with me. I think it was, yeah, my freshman year and it was late in the season and we ended up beating them here. Um, and that was, that was a big game, I think for, you know, the program and then, um, you know, myself as a freshman. So that kind of sticks with me, but, um, anything in general, you know, everything in general, kind of just the Ivy league season, I'd say is all pretty unique. Just, you know, how competitive it is every year and, um, everyone's really just kind of competing for wins at that point. So it's always kind of a fun time of year, those last last couple months of the season. Gotcha. So then going off of that same tangent, 
Um, what's one of your favorite memories off of the court with the team? Off of the court? Um, I would say, even like I was saying, just even a, a couple months ago, uh, some of the guys, we were, on, were out and just swimming in the gorges and stuff, you know, around Ithaca. Um, I think little things like that or, you know, relaxing on the slope um, on campus, um, going to other sports games, you know, with uh, the guys to kind of support other teams um, is always fun as well. You know, the volleyball games and soccer games, football. So um, I think a lot of athletes kind of take pride in that and, and kind of cheering each other on. Yeah, uh, we have the ultimate question for you. Are you a Nikes or Adidas guy? Uh, Nike all the way. There you go. Good job. Good job. Yeah. So do you have a go-to colorway? Say that again. Do you have a go-to colorway? Go-to colorway? I'm kind of simple. Uh, like red and gray. Gotcha. I'm a big gray, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, well, anyways, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and just giving us a rundown of your experience. And also, good luck for your game on Thursday. Yeah, good luck. I'm sure you guys are going to do great. Yes. Sounds great. Thanks so ha- thanks uh thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciated it. No problem, man. It was great hearing from Greg Dolan on the podcast today, but now we'll be transitioning into our preview of the next coming games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cornell's gonna be playing at SUNY Delhi uh, this th- coming Thursday. So see we we think we're coming to this game. Um I think personally we have it in the bag. And I think it's a good thing that we're playing this at home because mm-hmm. historically Cornell has performed much better at home than on um, on the road. But I also think it'd be a great game to kind of see um, our freshman players and kind of see how they perform off the bench. I know you mentioned that briefly. Yeah. Um, for context, um, Sweeney Delhi is a division three school and we're a division one school. So typically there's a talent gap, but you know, nothing's ever guaranteed. So I'm sure Cornell is going to play hard try to work on what they're going to carry over from the Boston College game. Um, and, and no, and don't worry, definitely. So, Sonya Delhi is a, is a talented team. They have a couple of good players, Isaiah Barnes, Emerson Thurness, but Cornell is an overall more talented roster. And I think, like you said, this is a good moment not only to get experience for your younger, your, your, excuse me, your younger players, your underclassmen, but also then to start working on what kind of hindered you in your last game with Boston College, whether that be turnovers or interior rebounds. Yeah, and I definitely will be like kind of a game to troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. And I think again, repeating what I said earlier, we'll be comfortable because we're coming, we're coming out of a seven-game non-league home streak. So um that's just a given. I think we'll perform fine. Yeah. But moving on, like for the rest of the season, what do you think we have in store, Jen? Honestly, um, again, Boston College is an ACC team. This is a team that plays the conference with true Division One contenders, teams that you would typically see more fans. So the fact that Cornell lost by two in that game is honestly something to be proud of. You always want to win, but something that you can definitely hang your hat on. You don't have to walk out in shape. So coming off that, going into the rest of this non-conference play and then eventually conference play, I think it's honestly something you can definitely look forward to. You understand that you were able to compete, guard, and play, play great, and then execute slightly better um, in the end of that game. You can set yourself up to beat majority of the Ivy League teams, and then someone, someone comes to some of the he- uh, heavy hitters like Penn or Princeton, should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, definitely. And then also to kind of backtrack a little bit, do you think that this coming home game will boost morale, hopefully, within the team? Definitely. Because I think a solid win like that, if, if, assuming that we do win, uh, is 
would be phenomenal for Team World all in general. Oh, yeah, because all the tough uh, loss, lose by two. So, you know, yeah. so you can just be able to get some good runs in. Yeah, good and I think it's a given considering that we have a perfect three, 30 to zero record against non-Division one opponents. Mm-hmm. So, and then also we have the stat that we won those games by an average of more than 30 points. Yeah. So I'd be surprised. But do you know anything about SUNY Delhi's team as a whole? Yeah, SUNY Delhi, again, um, they're a team that didn't lose one of their better players last year who's a senior. They have Isaiah Barnes, who's going to be a sophomore this year, is a very good playmaker. Emerson Thurness is, um, is a pretty quality offensive player. But outside of that, truthfully, this team could definitely give Cornell uh, some run for money if it plays if they play really hard. But again, as we say before, Cornell will most likely be very comfortably winning this game. All right. So then our next few games, do you think we'll improve off of like our hijinks this last Monday? Oh, definitely. I think honestly. For a team to play that hard against the ACC team, for a team that made the playoffs last year, this is a very strong culture, a very strong foundation. Those are very important things. So I have no doubt Cornell's going to bounce back after Monday, and I'm very confident to say that. I think this early season will be a very good debut and way to show um, the talent Cornell has. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I think that's more than anything, what's important this coming Thursday is for people to come out and support because it's our first home game. Um, I know I won't be able to be there because I have a prelim. Yes, but, but I will be there with all my yeah, friends. All, everyone, the ILRs. Yes, everyone I know, all the ILR people, I will be at the game and I'm going to be there. Loud support, see if you try to beat me, being the last support, be the first one there. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, just don't heckle too much. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm definitely not going to heckle. You know, there's always support. It's all love here. But definitely, everyone. You got time? Come out to the game for real. Because, hey, when they start winning by 50, 60, 70, it's going to be a good time. The place is going to be rocking. You have a good yeah. time, you know. Hey, if you, you want to go on a little date, someone have some fun, trust me, this is a good spot, you know, nice little event. This is going to be a good one. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned for next week where we'll be covering the women's team after their first game. It'll also be our second interview. So definitely something to look forward to. And it's also our first interview with the women's team. Um, Please share with your friends and family and follow the podcast on your platform. These two things help us grow the podcast and publicize Cornell sports the most. Once again, you can follow Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN or reach us at www.cornellbrsn.com. I'm Sohini Singh. And I'm David Apega. And we'll see you next week. Go Big Red.